Welcome to 1869, the Cornell University Press Podcast. I'm Jonathan Hall. This episode, we speak with Jason Craigle, Project Manager for Facilities and Campus Services at Cornell University, and Andrew Rappaport, an associate at Chang O'Brien Architects, a local architect firm in Ithaca that is focused on working with institutions of higher education. We spoke to Jason and Andrew about what we are calling the Big Dig, the foundation restoration project happening at Sage House, home to Cornell University Press, and which is occurring this entire summer. We discuss what steps Jason, Andrew, and their outstanding construction team are taking to ensure our historic building lasts well into the next century. Well, hello, Jason and Andrew. Welcome to the podcast. Thanks for having us. Pleasure to be here. Oh, it's a pleasure as well. We're we're in uh, Schuyler House, right next door to Sage House, because there's a lot of construction going on at Sage House. Um, The foundation is being repaired. Could you tell us a little bit about the repairs that needed to be done and how the project started? The foundations of Schuyler House have had water issues. The house was originally built for Henry Sage in, I forgot the year, 18... In the late 18, 1800s. Late 1800s, and the basement has had water issues since the beginning. There's a letter that was found between the original owner, Henry Sage, and the original architect, William Henry Miller, in the 1880s, complaining about the, quote, sieve-like basement. Wow. So clearly, despite the house being built on a hill, there have always been issues with water infiltration getting in, causing a damp basement. The basement is constructed of uh, mortared bluestone blocks and has bluestone floors. There is no footer under the bluestone walls. Interior load-bearing partitions are all brick, and everything was laid basically on undisturbed soil, so there's no foundation, Hmm. no footer, and no footer drain to catch all of that. Wow, wow, okay. So the basement is a very humid environment. You can see where water uh, is exhibited between the floor slabs. So those bluestone pieces, um, they're wet in between, so you can see that water's there. And the term rising damp has been brought up about what's happening to particularly the brick starting to deteriorate. Um, which is in structural nature, but there isn't any structural concern at this point. So the goal of the project is to reduce the rising damp um, by providing drainage board and waterproofing around the foundation and reworking the subsurface storm drainage system and uh, doing better job at alleviating surface drainage as well. There's portions of the site where water drains back into the foundation through areaways or other means, and we are removing some of the areaways to be able to do proper foundation drainage all the way around. Um, Another major component of the project is there was a retrofit accessible ramp that was located onto the front porch. I don't know when that was added. Um, It did have a couple of issues in meeting current code. So with this project, as we have to remove that anyway to do the project, we're going to replace that with a new poured concrete ramp with fully compliant handrails, redo the accessible parking spaces so that everything has better slopes and better grades, and provide a new accessible, or rework the accessible entrance into the building. 
Excellent. Excellent. So when we're done, the site will drain better, um, rain runoff, roof runoff, and will be collected underground and leave the site better than it does today. And we're going to be improving lawn grading and plantings around the building as well as part of this project. Um, and the, the foundation, the bluestone foundation itself that goes around the perimeter of the building is not necessarily being repaired. It's just receiving waterproofing and drainage. And bluestone is the type of stone that, from the area, like a local quarry that they used traditionally? In? Correct. Most of the buildings at Cornell were built out of bluestone and Lenrock stone, which is Cornell spelled backwards. As where oh. Cornell owned the quarry that's on Quarry Road. Oh, I didn't know that. That's fascinating. That's fascinating. Um, now, so the, the foundation that you're working on at Sage House, how does it compare to other foundations of buildings that you perhaps have worked on around campus? Uh, maybe more modern ones, and what are some of the features that you see in this that you don't see in other ones? I think the biggest difference from a modern foundation, aside from the complete lack of waterproofing, is a lack of a footer, which would be a poured concrete. And today, it would be a poured concrete structure to support the house. Okay. Yeah, maybe cast concrete versus the stone, the stack stone. Um, Andrew and I did a project last summer at a fraternity in which they had a similar type foundation. Um, which was, you know, no footer, I believe, as well. We did uh, test excavations to see what was there. Um, ultimately, we did not construct the addition yet that we were investigating the foundation for, but it was probably of similar year vintage and similar construction. Mm-hmm. Um, we haven't, me personally, haven't dug up any other than the two foundations, I think, on oh. campus. So this was pretty typical construction for the, for the year I've yeah. worked on structures back to early 1800s and yep. nice nice. And one other thing that um, <clears throat> is part of the project is as we have to remove most of the existing landscaping <clears throat> that is around the house where you worked with Historic Ithaca and the History Center to get older photos and Cornell libraries of course um, to see what was there historically, and we're removing some large overgrown yew bushes that were put up against the edge of the porch. They aesthetically weren't my aesthetic, but also they weren't traditional for the house. So those are coming out, and more traditional plantings are going back in. This project could have gone through ILPC, which is Ithaca Landmarks and Preservation, but after reviewing it, the city preservationist uh, Brian McCracken decided that everything we were doing was perfectly in line and didn't need to go through that process. So it was vetted. Yeah. It's in the East Hill Historic District, so ILPC had some level of jurisdiction on what we did. And the house is also on National Historic Register. So speaking of of history, um, our staff historian Karen Lawn was kind of digging around in, in a little bit of the dirt and found some old nails, the bottom of a leather shoe, uh, a butter box, and an old clay pipe. Um, are there any other things that you've seen or through the dig that are of interest? We did find uh, an abandoned cistern uh, on the north side of the building when we started the excavation there. Um, it's not really in the way of what we're doing, but we did discover that that's been abandoned. So tell me a little bit about a cistern. So that would be, they would be collecting rainwater and then they would use it for like 
giving it to the horses or something, or how would they? I'm not what, sure. Exactly watering the garden. What it, what it was used for, but it's a basically rain or water collection system. Uh-huh. Um, we found an old clay or old uh, pipe coming out of it. I believe it was lead that was just bent over and abandoned. Interesting. So we were able to fill it and partially remove what was not necessary. Okay. Yep. Then on the porch side, we, when we tore the porch boards off, we discovered what they had used for formwork for some pier footings to support the structure. They appear to be barrels of some kind, which are kind of neat in nature, wooden with uh, metal straps. Nice. And they could be whiskey barrels? or They could be any kind of barrel. The yeah. contractor thought it was for nails, but they could be whiskey or beer or any other beverage, maybe? Nice, nice. That's neat to see. Yeah. That's neat to see. House was built before the Volnstead Act, so clearly that whiskey would have been an option. <laughs> I tend to agree with the contractor that nail barrels are maybe most more. likely. Yeah. They and they were just so using what was handed. Yep. And you had mentioned uh, the, the, the porch was in really good condition. Surprisingly, the porch flooring from the 1880s was all original. Um, There certainly was some patching and replacement in there, but the majority of it had survived. Interestingly, the wood that was used, which was hemlock, is not typically known as a very durable exterior wood, but there's a lot of variation board to board and location to location. So it clearly held up looking at the boards that were coming off versus new porch flooring that one would buy at a large retailer. Um, it had very tight growth rings and was also one inch thick versus modern floors which are three quarter inch thick um, and all of the boards were full length rather than just getting random lengths and shorter segments. We're not putting back um, one inch thick um, soft wood boards. We are going the extra step and using a hardwood that's very good in exterior conditions, three quarters inch thick, and we did specify and are getting boards that are only full length. So that should help promote the porch hopefully lasting another 140 years. Wow, wow. The porch boards were only removed to accommodate the waterproofing on that side of the building. Um, we did discover some minor deterioration of some of the lumber that was used to frame the porch system itself, which will be replaced as well as we move forward before we put the new boards on. So eventually you could see in the porch there were some areas where <clears throat> the slope was more extreme than you really would want today and causes accessibility issues, but you could see some areas where the porch was a little bit springy, clearly from decay of the mm. underlying structure. And you were saying that the, the, the boards were hemlock and then very likely old growth. Um, Correct. So, really, so much more durable than the, the, the trees that were growing and, and, and harvesting in you know, 20, 30 years. Interesting, interesting. Any other thoughts or, or things that you th- think are interesting about the project? Just it's a very old building and it's very interesting. Um, and it's nice to be a part of a project that's going to preserve the facility and keep it going for hopefully another 150 years. Yeah, I love old buildings. I'm very active with the Stark Ithaca. And it's great to be working on a building that I think is beautiful and deserves to be preserved for future generations. Well, we're, we're in really good hands with you guys, so we really appreciate all the hard work you're doing. 
So thanks for coming on the podcast. Really, it was really good talking with you guys. Thank you. You're welcome. All right. Thanks. Thanks. That was Jason Craigle of Cornell University and Andrew Rappaport of Chang O'Brien Architects. Keep updated on The Big Dig and our big dig into our deep backlist of books throughout the summer by stopping at our website at cornellpress.cornell.edu or following us on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. Thank you for listening to 1869, the Cornell University Press Podcast. <laughs>